Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill the Baby Tea, a podcast where we can only talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang. I'm a mom to a 25-month-old baby boy. I'm going to continue sticking with the months during this little intro portion because two years just sounds a little too broad. I am here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. On today's episode, I am going to recap our very first dedicated vacation as a family of three. And I'll be covering one, what it was like flying with a toddler while potty training. Two, the top three places we went to in Oahu and places I would highly recommend checking out and would definitely be going back to. Three, the three takeaways from our first family vacation and some tips I would maybe share with one of my close girlfriends, but... I've decided to share it with all of you as well. To all the parents out there, we are in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, we are going to start with our giggle and drool of the week, starting with our drooly drool per usual. For those of you who follow me on the Instagrams, you know that two weeks ago, we started daycare for our little one. And if I were to just say that it was tough, that is an understatement. It was tough AF. Not only was it emotionally draining, but it was physically draining too. I felt more exhausted than normal. And I feel like I'm always tired now. Hello, mom life. But I feel even more tired by the end of the day. I didn't know that was possible. After the first week of school, our boy got sick. The sickest he's ever gotten in his whole teeny tiny life. I'm pretty sure it was something called croup, which is a respiratory disease that causes swelling in the airways and causes problems breathing. And you can kind of tell when the cough sounds like a barking seal. I literally just took him to the doctor today because his fever came back again, and it's been the fourth day since he's been sick. But they just gave me a note to keep him out of school for a whole week, which doesn't matter because I'm paying for school anyway. It's daycare. It's not really school school. And now I got to stay home and pay for daycare. So just juggling caring for him throughout the day while working remotely while also trying to clean out the house for chinese new year which was this past saturday by the way like just all of the above things that contribute to the bit of exhaustion that i am definitely feeling right now 
Anyway, on my next episode, I will dive deeper into what the first week of school was like. But for now, I will just summarize it by saying that it was hard. And a week from now, I'm not going to remember that it was hard. And I know it will be hard for the first few months, right? With separation, with sickness, but it will only go up from here. And as hard as it was, I am so damn proud of him for being so strong with this major transition in his life. Probably the biggest transition of his life ever that he had to will through and will he did. I am so proud of him, but I was definitely a puddle, a pool, an ocean of tears that week. So sad to feel like I'm letting go of my baby, but so proud. Tired, but overjoyed, which all basically sums up what motherhood is like. So I will say that that was my drool of the week since drool is liquid and so are puddles and tears are wet. Yes, that's my drool of the week. For my giggle of the week, I'm going to knock on some real wood here. Not some cheapy fake painted on wood. Potty training has been going really well. I feel like there have been so many milestones lately and so many things I can talk about on this podcast. Like by the time I'm sharing our potty training journey, it's going to be a month and a half from now. If I had the capacity to do this podcast once a week, I would love to, but I definitely don't right now. So y'all just have to wait for the next, next podcast for all the potty training fun. In any case, potty training has been going really well. I mentioned this on the last episode of Spill the Baby Tea, but we started training one, because my mom kind of forced her hand to make it happen, but two, because my frugal ass did not want to pay an extra $50 a month for daycare to change my baby's diaper, okay? We get the occasional accidents now when he sits and forgets to, you know, point down, but other than that, he has had no accidents at school. He's been on it. He still sleeps with a diaper at nighttime and has a juicy diaper when he wakes up and he wets his bed once in a while during midday nap, maybe like 20 to 30% of the time. But there's definitely upward progress and I haven't had to buy diapers other than nighttime diapers. It's definitely a huge cost we don't have to incur nowadays. And yeah, crazy that we get storage back, which is so limited when you got gigantic boxes of diapers lying around. But cray that he is truly becoming a functional little human. And that is my giggle of the week. So the first thing I wanted to talk about on this episode was what it was like flying with a toddler. This was the first time we had to buy him his own seat. He had just turned two, so we just missed the mark of having a lap infant, which is under two. But also, he's an 80th percentile baby, so... Even if he were still under two, I think it would have been smart for us to buy him a seat. And so this was our first flight with him with a seat and also him in the middle of potty training. A very specific period of parenting life, yes, but we are going through it, so I'm going to talk about it. The first leg of the flight from LA to Oahu was not bad. We somehow had no accidents. Before each flight, we had him potty and started to limit liquids. And we also decided not to risk a leak by actually first putting underwear on him and then a pull-up diaper on top of his underwear. Yes, some people were like, oh, just put on the pull-up diaper. Don't even do the underwear, which yes, I get. But the reason for why I did this was just so that if he were to have an accident, he could feel that it is an accident, that his underwear is wet, that it is uncomfortable, and to not get used to the pull-up diaper. So that's what the underwear is for. And then the pull-up diaper is there so that it would capture any liquids for us. And there is no actual leaking and messy cleanup that happens. 
The first hour while we were on the tarmac, we fed him snacks. He has this snack spinner thing that we got off Amazon that has been so great for us. He loves spinning it. I love spinning it. It's like a toy that has six or so compartments and you can fill it up with different snacks and press a button in the middle to spin it to the next snack. So it's like a joy every time you get the snack you want, but it gets him to eat every time and we love it. Keeps him distracted. First hour, we also took out the Wimmo book, a fire truck book. If you haven't heard of Wimmo book, definitely check them out. It's like a Where's Waldo situation with so much to see and so much activity on an open spread that it'll keep your child and you engaged for a while. Lots of stories you can make up and share to have the pages last longer. We had a drawing pad, which also took up a generous amount of time. Philip is the artist in our little family. I am not. We took out our flyaway bed, which I specifically bought for this trip and obviously for future travels, but it's an inflatable bed for toddlers, basically so that they can lie flat. The pump that we brought was super loud and people around us were like, what's going on back there or in front of me or to the side of me? So... I think next time we'll bring a manual pump, but we brought the automatic because we didn't want to hand pump and the hand pump was bigger. The auto one that we have was smaller. So I was like, okay, save space by bringing that one. But yeah, once the airplane departs and is in the air, there's actually not a lot of sound that is happening, even with the white noise, like the pump was quite loud. But once we inflated the bed, our son was able to lie down, get a bit more comfortable. I would highly, highly recommend this for any kiddos out there who are fidgety and like to lie down and flip over and whatever they want to do. It's very hard to keep a two-year-old sitting still for more than two minutes, okay? I heard from another podcast that the rule to go by is based on their age, that's how many minutes they should be able to sit still for. So for example, if they're one, they can only sit still for one minute. If there are two, two minutes, five, five minutes, et cetera, et cetera. Which is why the whole flight, five and a half, six hours, was it? You're just trying to keep your little one entertained, busy, snacking, et cetera, for each two minute interval. Second hour, we did two pee attempts. Philip did a fantastic job handling the situation. The lavatories on planes are so small, as we all know. So I always just stood outside of the bathroom for assistance and being, I was basically like a coat hanger. I was just holding onto things. But Philip, he would hold onto our baby with one hand and with the other, pull down the changing table, have our baby stand on there so that we could pull down his pants and diaper, underwear. And then that's where I would come in with my potty seat cover and wipes as needed. And everything went pretty smoothly, other than the occasional smashing of our heads into the side of the plane because turbulence and not really being able to adhere to when we can stay seatbelted or not because if he says PP and he's got to go, we got to go. By about the third hour in, baby boy finally went down for sleep and slept for almost three hours, which was incredible. He also had a dry diaper at the end of the flight. So the first flight to Hawaii was great. The flight back... I'll keep this a bit shorter, was not so great. He did not sleep at all. We had to take out the iPad at one point because he was not having it with books or snacks or drawing pad or toys. Highly recommend getting baby headphones too for a flight so the sound is isolated to just your baby. And as far as potty training goes, we did have two accidents, mainly from misshoots at the potty. So we had to change pants and socks and shoes. Yes, you gotta be prepared with at least two changes of clothes for the plane, including shoes, plastic bags or wet bags for all the dirty laundry. But we changed him, whole team effort, and we got through it. 
it is definitely hard to fly with a toddler, let alone a toddler that's potty training, but you just got to keep visiting the potty every hour or two. Just keep giving your baby the opportunity to go. Add the pull-up diaper on top of underwear. If you're traveling, it's not worth it for those leaks. Have extra clothes handy, lots of snacks, lots of books, a super absorbent towel too, just in case. Those puppy pee pads are great. iPad or phone with pre-downloaded movies, small toys that will keep them distracted, stickers. It is quite a lot, but I've found that that is the method that works for us, having all of these things on hand. If you are a parent that has figured out a better way for travel, please do share. I would love to hear and learn from you all. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So the second thing I wanted to mention is our itinerary. The top three places I would visit again and highly recommend for anyone out there, kids or no kids. And this is for Oahu. Starting with the beaches. So we went to four different beaches. Kuhio, probably definitely pronouncing that wrong. K-U-H-I-O. Kuhio. Kuhio? Which is right in Waikiki. Great for toddlers. Not the prettiest beach, but it's a shallow lagoon, so you can rest assured that your baby is not gonna get swept away. And the sunsets are absolutely perfect there, directly in front of this beach. So I would recommend this if you are in the city and just wanna access a toddler friendly beach. Sunset Beach is up north. This beach is gorgeous, but the waves, I will say, are a little too wild for a toddler. This beach is known for surfing. There are a lot of people that are just sitting around the perimeter of this beach with binoculars watching the surfers. So if your toddler prefers to be landbound, I would totally suggest checking out Sunset Beach. Otherwise, maybe avoid this one. Koolina Lagoons on the west side of the island. Hot tip, Lagoon number four has free parking and shade under the trees. Although when we went there, it was super packed because this hot tip is definitely not a secret anymore and everyone was lined up for the free parking. We ended up paying at an adjacent lot, but it was it was nice. I don't know if I would return back. We didn't have the best experience just because it rained on us. But yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily go back to this one. And so here is my recommendation for the beach that we did visit on this trip. I would say my favorite by far was Waimanalo Beach. This is on the east side. It's right next to the world famous Lani Kai. And as much as I love Lani Kai, the parking is an absolute headache. There is no designated parking lot. It's a cluster trying to get around and fight for a spot, especially during the weekend. So if you still want that perfect soft stand and 
perfectly clear blue waters and not that many people packed into one beach. Check out Waimanalo Beach. We loved it there. That was my one wreck for the beaches. My next destination, I guess you can call it, ABC Store for all your conveniences. It's like the most convenient convenience store I have ever experienced. Literally our hotel, which was the Marriott Waikiki, had two ABC stores in it. Like, why? But they got the quick grab, masubi snacks and drinks and beach things and water, alcohol, basically anything you really need. So don't fret if you forget to pack something. But ABC stores are just hella convenient. My third wreck, Cinnamon's Restaurant. Oh my god, I am still dreaming of their signature guava chiffon pancakes. Wow. I am not a huge pancake girl, but I am a Cinnamon's pancake girl. It is so fluffy and tasty. Melt in your mouth, buttery goodness. And their Kahlua pork Benedict was to die for. I like want that in my mouth right now. 100% would go back just to get that. Okay, I know that was three, but I'm going to add one more because I feel like ABC store was kind of a cop-out. But Waimea Valley in the North Shore, it's $25 per adult, free for kids under two, and it is so gorgeous. I've been to Oahu many times, maybe four times, but never to Waimea Valley. When you're there, it just feels like you're in the heart of greenery of lushness. You're in the heart of mother nature. It is also super toddler friendly. It's a paved path from beginning to end, so it's good for kids. And you just gotta experience it. Go early, avoid the crowds, and really just breathe in the freshness. Fresh air, fresh beauty. It's so beautiful. At the end of the hike, there is a waterfall, which we luckily got to experience because it was open that day for people to go into. So if you plan on going, I would highly suggest bringing water shoes if you plan to take a dip in the water because it is a rocky area. They have life vests for you to use as well. It's donation-based. They even had a vest fitted for my two-year-old, and even though the water was cold, he had the best time. Once he got over the cold water, he laid back and stared up at the sky, let us drift him to and from, definitely lived his best little life in that moment. Definitely check out Waimea Valley. So those would be my wrecks. Waimanalo Beach, ABC Store, Cinnamon's Restaurant, and Waimea Valley. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about are my hot tips and takeaways from this first family trip. And I will share three. I'm a fan of threes today, okay? So first, in the past, we travel with our baby boy to places like Boston, which is where I'm from, or to the Bay, which is where Philip's from. But it was always for the purpose of a birthday or a wedding or the holidays or something, and usually with grandparents around to help out. This was the first trip we ever dedicated solely to the purpose of family vacationing. And I have to add family in there because vacationing looks very different between vacationing and family vacationing, if you know what I mean. One usually doesn't require a vacation from a vacation after said vacation is done. And this was clearly a family vacation. We also experienced the vacation knowing that. And that's the first tip I would share for any new parents out there. If you're gonna go on vacation with your toddler, just set your expectations. Know that you might bring a book to the beach, but maybe you'll only read two pages of it instead of two chapters of it. Something that Philip and I learned from this trip, and this is one tip I'd love to share with you all, and it's going to sound simple, but it takes being proactive, is that yes, a family vacation is about us time. All of us just 
completely engrossed in one another, but sometimes you just need that little bit of extra space, that little bit of me time. This trip to Hawaii for us was four days, three nights, pretty short. And for most of the trip, we were clearly just learning how to be in a family vacation. And what I mean by that is that Philip and I were both always on alert, always looking to help each other out, always having eyes on our baby because he's so active now. When I needed diaper wipes versus hand wipes versus Clorox wipes, I'd call out for it and Philip would be running to get the diaper bag to get it. And it just felt like major teamwork and it definitely felt like an accomplishment. But there were definitely moments where in hindsight, I could have said, hey, can you take him for like five minutes, walk down the beach with him or walk to the water with him? Just Give me five to 10 minutes so I can read a few pages of my rich BFF book alone. And he would have totally been down to do that. But we were so hyper on it that we didn't even think to do that. (laughs) I actually ended up reading only two pages of my book, legit throughout all the times we were on the beach, brought my book every single time. And I remember thinking to myself, man, why was that so hard to do? Why was that so hard to accomplish? But it was because baby boy wanted mommy to build sandcastles with him. And of course, I wanted to be present in the moment and build those sandcastles with him too. So I would never say no. But also, Philip could have easily taken him down to the beach and back. And that would have been a great alternative experience for him. And we would have built sandcastles when he got back. And so the next time we have a family vacation, I think we're going to implement this throughout the days. Dedicated time to who's solely responsible for watching the kiddo so that the other person can actually try and rest their minds and feel like they're on a vacation vacation. You know what I mean? Even if only for five minutes, which is sometimes all that we need. My second tip, I think one of the most frustrating parts of what we experience as noob parent travelers is not knowing where shit was. And what I mean by that is when you travel with a toddler, yes, they're like half your size and a quarter of your weight, but someone tell me why they need 10 times more things than you do. Legit, no lie, like 10 times more things. It's like when you have a newborn, it's your gigantic pump and pump bag and diaper bag that you're carrying around. When they're two, you're carrying around a fucking toy like it never ends so just a few example of items that we maybe not had to but decided to bring to the beaches of hawaii were three towels minimum to lie down on two towels to dry with so five towels in total a backpack cooler filled with snacks and drinks a tent or umbrella sunscreen for adults and for baby those are different my book that i never read beach toys dump truck shovel bucket at a minimum Baby speech clothes, hat, long sleeve swim shirt, swim trunk, swim diaper, change of clothes, swim shoes, which are great for rocky areas. A portable potty, all the wipes, and then our personal items, sunglasses, snacks, water, sandals, car keys, wallet, etc, etc. And that's probably only like 70% of it. Each item would have a designated area in a bag or compartment of a bag. And the most frustrating moments of the trip, in my opinion, would be when I ask, you know, hey where's his extra swim diaper? He just pooped in this one. The franticness of looking at each other, like, where'd you put it? No, where'd you put it? Looking through every compartment of a bag to then finally go, oh shit, it's in the car. You got to go all the way to the car to get another diaper. It's just such a, such a pooper, for lack of a better word, on the whole experience. 
Legit, we were at the beach a week ago and I saw this dad run up this super steep ramp to get to his car and he was running fast. I was like, what's going on? I saw him running back down the ramp and in one hand he had Pampers wipes and in the other hand a diaper. And I was like, man, that is just, that is parenthood in a nutshell, parenthooding on the beach. And I was silently rooting for this dad. So yeah, at least for me and the type of person I am, it is just important for me to feel prepared so I don't feel like I'm running around and just frantic and not able to be present. I used to think I'd be more laissez-faire with being a mom, but I'm not. And so preparing things beforehand, knowing where shit is, and not only you knowing where your shit is, but if you're traveling with a partner, making sure they know where everything is too. Because likely if one of you is managing the kid, the other is going to have to be the one finding and knowing where everything is, right? That is definitely something I would try and implement the next time we travel again. Okay, so now I'm going to share maybe the juiciest tip that I learned firsthand from another mom who happened to be in Hawaii at the same time. This is something I would tell a girlfriend, like 100%, but maybe not the internet for fear of, I don't know, judgment, but I'll tell you anyway. Just be warned that it might not be the safest thing to do and to take extra precaution if you do do this, okay? And don't blame me if anything goes wrong. Hopefully nothing does, but I will share it. Okay, so one thing that Philip and I were talking about before our trip is if we'd be able to grab a drink, just the two of us, once our baby is down for bed. We're both night owls. We've never really slept at 8 or 9 p.m., like ever. We usually sleep at 1 or 2 a.m., which is a big difference in time. And we talked about, would we really just go to sleep that early? Or would we play cards with each other with our phone as a flashlight since we didn't have a, a blackout tent, a slumber pod? or hang out in the bathroom, like, what are we gonna do? And it's already so rare for Philip and I to have opportunities for date nights like these. And here we were on vacation with our out of office up. So we thought to ourselves, well, a hotel is kind of like a big house, right? Like if we were super rich and had a massive mansion, this is basically like that. It's a big house. And if we were to bring a baby monitor and go to one of the restaurants on site and baby is sleeping in a play yard so we can rest assured that even if he were to wake up he can't get out and we'll be safe and the moment we heard any sound from the baby monitor we'd make it back up in like a minute so don't judge me as a mom here i know it sounds sketch but for any parents out there that's looking for this tip or hack this is for you okay so there are two types of baby monitors wi-fi enabled baby monitors that operate by connecting to a wi-fi network and wireless which have a limited reach up to usually a thousand feet we have both at home and we decided to bring our wi-fi one in case the distance was a little further and little did we know the wi-fi baby monitors don't work in hotels they don't work with public wi-fi networks that aren't password protected which is great and makes sense because otherwise your monitor could be more susceptible to hacking. So the first night we hung out on our balcony and had some really good deep talks, which was great. I feel like we don't really have the time for that during our normal day-to-day. We didn't leave the hotel room, went to sleep at like 11 p.m. But come the second night, we were like, all right, we're going to do that again or uh. And we mentioned this to one of her friends who was also traveling and she tells us, just leave one of your phones at the hotel, in the hotel room, or use your iPad and use the other phone to FaceTime the phone or iPad that's in the hotel room, and then you can go wherever. 
And yes, you may rack up a phone bill that can get quite hefty if you're not connected to Wi-Fi and using FaceTime audio, but it is a solution. It is a temporary solution, but it is one, and it worked out great for us. So we left Philip's phone in the hotel room, propped up to face our baby in his play yard, and I had my phone on and in my hand the whole time, max volume, call initiated, and it felt like we were sneaking out of our parents' homes when we left our hotel room. We literally just flocked around the hotel, okay? Didn't do much, didn't go eat or anything. We just went around the hotel, did some exploring, checked out the gym, and then came back. And it just felt so, it felt so freeing. I think we were only away for like 10 minutes, but it felt so freeing and loved that there was a solution around the public Wi-Fi block for baby monitors. Anyway, that is my juicy tip. I am glad I can share this with some of you out there and hopefully you find it helpful. Obviously, make sure to take the necessary precautions to ensure your baby is safe. I did Google this some more after I got home, and apparently it is a very common question that parents have. And one mom out there, she noted that you could get a travel router, which you connect to the public Wi-Fi, and it's, I believe it's password protected, and then pair your baby monitor to your travel Wi-Fi network, and then you're all set to go. So another hack for all of you parents out there. And that concludes the end of our very first family vacay and our Hawaii recap. I feel like there's just so much more I can say about the trip, but I think this is a decent summary. I would say that traveling with a toddler is 10, maybe 15 times harder. I have to think about it because I like numbers, so I want to make sure it's quantifiable and accurate. 15 times harder than traveling by yourself, but it is so worth it at the end of the day to see them experience the world, to see them step out of the comfort of their home, away from their normal day-to-day, and to take it all in with doe-eyed wonder To know that you're providing that experience for them, it's a feeling that I've never had before until I became a mom. And it's hard. It is damn hard as as I've shared in this episode, but it is so worth it. And I do it again and again and again, maybe with a travel router now, but I am already itching to plan our next family vacation. If you have any suggestions on where to go, your number one most best toddler vacation destination that you'd recommend to another mom or parent or parent figure out there, let us know in the comments on my latest IG post. You can find me at hwuwu, W-U-W-U, and our main podcast page is at Asian Boss Girl. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Catch Living Well with Jay and No Dumb Questions with Mel and Spill the Baby Tea with moi, your host, every Tuesday where we rotate our shows. And as you know by now, our main show comes out on Thursdays. Also take a second to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. If you have a second to, it really does help us out. Thank you, everyone. And lastly, lastly, just wanted to wish you all a happy, healthy, prosperous, all the auspicious, good juju vibes for the new year, the year of the dragon. Happy Lunar New Year, everyone. From us and our little bubs. <laughs> bye for now.